0: Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Langer at the Mic, this Dallas Cowboys off-season episode here on Langer at the Mic. I believe our second since the Cowboys hired Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator and Joe Jr. as the secondary coach. But we're here to talk about the Cowboys' plans in free agency next week. But first, just in case you get your news from a guy on a horse, the Dallas Cowboys have signed Dak Prescott finally. They signed him to a four-year, one hundred sixty million dollar contract with one hundred twenty-six million guaranteed, ninety-five mil of which will be or has been guaranteed at signing, and uh, and the rest will be guaranteed, I believe, in the next couple of years. But uh, there's also two void years at the end of the deal to lower the cap hits. But speaking of which, the biggest thing going into free agency this year is that. Dak Prescott's cap hit will be around 22 million instead of the franchise tag of 37.5 million. He spoke in his press conference on Wednesday with Jerry and Steven Jones, and Dak dropped some absolutely fire quotes from that press conference. But either way, look, this signing. Lifted a black cloud that has been hanging over the organization for the last what 16 months since the summer of 2019 that just grew darker and darker and darker. With Dak not getting to it, not agreeing to a deal last year and signing the franchise tag, and then breaking his leg, of course, or breaking his ankle, and still not getting a deal done until this week. I feel like if Dak played this this year in 2021 on the tag, you know, players would have lost a lot of confidence and faith in the front office and the culture would have been even worse than it was last year where, where the Cowboys finished 6-10 after Dak, went, Dak got hurt, right? But you know what? At the end of the day, credit Jerry and Steven Jones and even Todd France and Dak Prescott for finally, finally getting this deal done better late than ever. But now with that being said, let's look ahead to how the Cowboys will attack free agency. And this was honestly the reason why I haven't really done much talk of the Cowboys offseason is because this signing, this Dak signing, was a huge domino that had to fall before we can really talk about what the Cowboys are going to do in free agency. But anyway, free agency officially starts next week in five days on March 17th. But before that, the Cowboys have also restructured some deals yesterday or two days ago. They restructured Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Lyle Collins to create at roughly 17 more million in cap space. So again, considering the fact that Dak could have signed the franchise tag at 37.5, but now that he agreed to a deal that's $22 million, of a 22 million dollar cap instead of a 37.5 so that's 15 million dollars right there plus another 17 the cowboys opened up so that's if i do my math correctly that's around 32 yeah 32 million dollars that the cowboys have opened up in cap space just this week alone so first of all let's look at the cowboys pending unrestricted free agents who stays and who goes the Cowboys' unrestricted free agents right now are Taron Crawford, Sean Lee, Andy Dalton, Cam Irving, Joe Looney, Alden Smith, Blake Bell, L.P. Latticer, Joe Thomas, Cheeto Ouzier, Justin March-Lillard, C.J. Goodwin, Jordan Lewis, Eli Anku, Xavier Woods, and Noah Brown. So to me, who stays or who and who goes, it's simple. There are two players of those, what is it, 12 players I just named or however many players I just named that should be top priority in terms of trying to keep. And that would be number one, Cheeto Wouzier. Number two, Xavier Woods. While, yes, both had their struggles last year or in the last couple of years for Cheeto Wouzier, but particularly Xavier Woods last year, but they're still decent starting caliber players on this defense. And as we saw with how many injuries can happen last year, depth is important, especially, yeah, just depth. having depth is extremely important. So, Anyway, anyway, everyone else there is pretty much replaceable so they can all walk except at the right price or if the Cowboys don't replace them. So when I say they're replaceable, that just means that the Cowboys have to replace them if they don't keep them easily. But anyway, um, and yeah, replace them with either other free agents or, or uh, draft picks in the 2021 draft. We're not going to talk too much about draft today. We will in the future for sure. But anyway, look, going down the list though, Tyrone Crawford had, look, that one, losing him would hurt, but honestly, his best years are behind him, and he was pretty overpaid, but honestly, the Cowboys just stuck with him, and a Canadian boy, by the way, Tyrone Crawford, and yeah, just, I, I feel like, uh, maybe it was also the scheme that he, that the Cowboys played in last year, but just, again, I still feel like Tyrone Crawford, his best years of 20, I want to say 2017, 2018, even 2014, way back when, I don't know how much less how much left he has in the tank, but hey, well I I would if 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 Tyron Crawford could come back on a cheap deal, I would not hate that, but I think it's would be time to move on from Tyron Crawford, unfortunately. And the same for Sean Lee, but with Sean Lee, though, he's stuck around. So who knows? And he had to play a lot last year because of injuries to Leighton Van Der Esch and even Joe Thomas. So Again, depth is important and Sean Lee with like is almost more of a linebacker's coach or a defensive coordinator at this point in his career than an actual player. But with that being said, he's still valuable to the locker room and I I wouldn't hate keeping Sean Lee and I know that and I think Sean Lee would also not mind staying and he's been stuck he's stuck around for the last several years, so again, who knows? But if not, you still need to replace that with someone. Um And now Andy Dalton, though, I doubt Andy Dalton returns unless he can get... Like, I'm pretty sure Dalton is looking for a starting job. But then again, how many teams would want Andy Dalton to be their starting quarterback and feel good about that? I don't know, unless they're a very, very strong roster. But yeah, just Andy Dalton, I know, is probably looking for a starting job. But maybe if he can't find it, maybe he'll want to come back as a backup. But anyway, with with Garrett Gilbert, not so much... Ben Danucci, but with Garrett Gilbert with the way he played in that Pittsburgh game, uh, he could be a decent option at backup quarterback. But either way, uh it would be nice, it would be nice to have Annie Dalton or a veteran quarterback in the locker room with uh, Dak Prescott and Garrett Gilbert and or Ben DiNucci or whoever is behind Dak. So um if that can't be Dalton, then you gotta again replace him with someone with another veteran quarterback just for to be present and yeah, but uh, but yeah, so Dalton, I don't think he would come back. Jordan Lewis is interesting because he was a good guy in the slot, and even in the box, I, I feel like his best fit is in the nickel and the dime. Even kind of, like like I said, a bit of a box safety. Like, I'd be interested to put uh, Jordan Lewis almost in a bit of, um, maybe not so much a Tyron Matthew role, but just as a, a, literally just a guy who plays in the box and covers the, the running back out of the backfield like he did against Alvin Kamara back in 2018. Because he is very physical and he's a willing tackler and he has decent ball skills, but when he gets beat out wide, because he's not the biggest corner, when he gets beat by bigger wide receivers, like he gets beat and just is a liability in one in man-to-man coverage against bigger wide receivers. So I don't know if the Cowboys would want him back, especially with a deep cornerback draft class this year. But but if hey, if 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 Jordan Lewis can come back on the cheap, then I wouldn't be completely against it either. And CJ Goodwin is, I would say, CJ Goodwin is extremely under, underrated because he was very important on special teams, and I feel like he ended up being a favorite of um, of of John Fossil of Bones John Fossil. But Morris Kennedy is going to is expected to be available this coming year, so maybe can- Kennedy can replace CJ Goodwin. But again, same thing. If CJ Goodwin CJ Goodwin can come back for cheap, wouldn't hate it. Alden Smith same thing would be nice to keep him but only at the right price but also keep in mind Jim Tom Sula got fired alongside Mike Nolan when he got let go in January so that kind of hurts Alden Smith's chances of staying but his part of his his role in the lineup is still important being a edge rusher the right rushing on the right side and either whether it's just attacking the quarterback or even playing in rent support like Alden Smith had a role last year and that has to be replaced somehow so whether it's Alden Smith himself or someone else we'll get to that in a little bit Joe Looney and and, um, and Cam Irving if they don't come back you better replace them in free agency or the draft, or the draft with decent line offensive line backups so that's all I'll really say about that Joe Joe Looney, funny one of the funniest players in the Cowboys in recent memory. Like just that would be great for the locker room, I guess. But again, if if they can't if they can't keep Joe Looney on a you know pretty cheap deal, and I think Joe Looney might be looking for starting for work as a starter, then that is not great for his chances to come back as a backup to Tyler Biotis, who I think should be the guy at center going forward. Noah Brown. At wide receiver has made some plays and is a willing blocker in the run game, but he also might want to be higher on a wide receiver depth chart as opposed to number four, number five behind Cedric Wilson, who I believe is an RFA, a restricted free agent, and of course CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. So I don't know if Noah Brown would want to stay in this wide receiver group. He might want to look for you know, better, to, to be higher on a depth chart at, at wide receiver. Same for Blake Bell in terms of his work as a tight end. Made some sneaky good plays this year, but he is kind of replaceable, especially with how good Blake Bell and... Uh, sorry, not Blake Bell, Dalton Schultz and uh, and Blake Jarwin. or Dal- Dalton Schultz last year, but Blake Jarwin coming back from his ACL injury. I don't know if Blake Bell will want to be a number three on a tight end depth chart, so we'll see with that. Joe Thomas was a serviceable linebacker backup as he showed earlier in the year, but he also might want a starting job, so I don't know if he comes back. Justin March, Lillard, pretty much just a uh, backup and a special teamer. And here's the question, though. Does, does LP Latticer walk? Montreal-born, um, Canadian, of course, like uh, 39 years old. I think he had, he had the record for the most consecutive games played in franchise history this year. Been the long snapper since 2005. Look, long snapper is, not, is, is, is a very specialist job, like kicking and punting. But it can't really be taken for granted. But it's still kind of a position that has turnover to it and I don't know if at 39 years old if he's going to come back. I would love to have LP come back for for what is his is 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 what is it the 16th year I guess. Yeah, 16th year, but uh, I I don't know how much how much more he'll want to play, but if he does then hey, I would I'd would love him to come back. But anyway, so with all that being said, how do the Cowboys now attack free agency going into next week? My answer is patiently. And I know that's not an answer that everyone will want to hear, because the Cowboys have been very cheap in free agency over the years, and have struck out a lot on free agencies on free agents that that they have signed, because at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. Like, haha, Clinton Dix was a complete wash last year, and you. But but here's the thing, though: you couldn't have really guessed Dontari Poe and Everson Griffin would have been like as bad as they were last year. Because they they still signed them to decent salaries, both Poe and Griffin. Griffin was signed before training camp, sure, but you couldn't have really guessed that they would have been really that bad. But here's the thing, though, going into this year. Now coming back to this year, here's the thing: the salary cap is down eight percent to 182.5 million dollars from around I think it was at around like what 190 something, 200 million last year. So. As a result, you've been seeing important players getting released by good teams left and right. JJ Watt, Carlos Dunlap, Mitchell Schwartz, and Eric Fisher on the Chiefs, Emmanuel Sanders. So honestly, you you actually have to give the like I like I tweeted the other day at Mike Langer on uh, on Twitter and also on Instagram, give me a follow, but you got to give the credit. You got to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys for managing the cap well enough to not have to release an important player every year. Because if you look at also going back to the Saints, hmm, they're in cap hell right now. They're one of those teams in cap hell right now, especially with the lower cap. You could tell the Chiefs also since they released Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. The Eagles, of course, don't even get me started on the Eagles. But to, but the Saints they had to release, or, or sorry, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles they had to release Malcolm Jenkins last year, who found a new home with the Saints and played pretty well in their defense last year. So. All this to say is that the Cowboys have managed the cap well enough to not have to release an important player, probably since DeMarcus Ware in 2014. So anyway, so credit where credit is due. But what I'm thinking, what I'm getting at with that, with the cap being down and with players getting released left and right, probably more than ever this year, is here's what I'm getting at, is that the free agency market constantly changes and it that could be even more or it has been even more true this year compared to years past, because look at how much the top available free agents, like you look at that bleacher reporter, these articles with, with Oh top or even NFL.com articles, top available free agents going into 2021 from January. And look how much those rankings have changed because of the guys that got released in the last two, three weeks. Right? So, so this could be, so all this being said with the Cowboys, this could be a year Where after the top guys get signed, so the top 1A free agents get signed, there could be a really big drop-off between the tier 1 and tier 2, tier 3, tier 4 free agents. There could be a huge drop-off between that first tier and all the tiers of free agents after that. Because... And you could see like those second tier free agents being lumped together with the, you know, the, the vet minimums or like, like flyer type deals, right? And that can help the Cowboys for once. That can really help the Cowboys with their free agency approach, especially if they can effectively target that second tier of free agents and get, you know, good veteran players on one to two year deals that can make an impact. So, with all that being said, we spent 14 minutes here talking about the Cowboys what free agents they're losing and um and what, you know, their approach should be. But now what do they actually need in free agency? Well, I think we can all agree that they need defense. Defensive tackle first and foremost and safety if Xavier Woods walks. And even a veteran corner or two or three if Cheeto walks and Jordan Lewis walks in free agency. So, but what's will be interesting to see is that Two of those, two of the three positions between defensive tackle, corner, and safety, two out of those three positions have been grossly undervalued by the Cowboys in years past. So, will they learn their lesson and finally start valuing defensive tackle and safety? Well, you can argue that they kind of valued defensive tackle and free agency last year, again, having signed Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe, but safety, they signed Haaklin Dix and he didn't even, like, he was cut ahead of week one. So um so yeah so will they learn their lesson and value safety and defensive tackle more remains to be seen this year. On offense, that's defense on offense, honestly, they just really need backups. If they if they don't keep the backups that they had like I mentioned, right? They just need to sign backups to replace those backups. But I do have another question though, going back to defense. So last year the Dallas Cowboys they preached signing and drafting good players and making them fit into the scheme specifically on defense. So they valued talented players and making them fit over looking for scheme fit players or players that fit their scheme and over talented players. Like they they like it sounded like they were not going they were not looking to make another mistake of drafting a Taco Charlton over TJ Watt. But the problem is, at least in free agency, the free agents that they signed last year were both not good enough players and the coaches did a terrible job trying to fit them into the scheme last year that they were running. So case in point, look at Everson Griffin. They made Everson Griffin play from a two-point stance from a standing position as an edge rusher instead of a three-point stance where he is more comfortable as a more of a defensive end versus outside linebacker. So so with, with, so my question is, again, with Dan Quinn and Joe Witt Jr. in the secondary, will the Cowboys look for the best players or the best scheme fits? I, honestly, very simple. I hope, or the hope, is that they will find the best players and effectively fit them into their scheme. So like if you look at free agent corners this year, in my opinion, Patrick Peterson is better than Richard Sherman as, as a player right now. Patrick Peterson is greater than Richard Sherman, but Sherman will be a greater scheme fit, and has worked together with Dan Quinn in Seattle, and they went to two Super Bowls. They won the Super Bowl against the Broncos, and and they went to the Super Bowl against uh, against New England, where obviously we all know what happened on the goal line in that one. But if the Cowboys let Cheeto Uzier walk and have a chance to sign either Sherman or Patrick Peterson for one year, in my opinion, they should sign Patrick Peterson because he is younger and faster. And an even better leader than Richard Sherman, not saying Sherman is not a, one, of the, one of the greatest corners of this generation and for all that he's accomplished. But still at, th- at 30, I believe Sherman's 33 years old, Peterson's 32 or maybe a year younger or, or whatever. I might be off by a year or two. But anyway, to me, Peterson, younger, m- even more accomplished, at least from an individual standpoint than Sherman. And, and, uh, and yeah, but, so I would go with Peterson over Sherman. But here's the thing cornerback is not the highest priority compared to defensive tackle. So if Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman are among those high end free agents that will get signed for a lot of for, for high, you know, high salary caps, long-term, whatever it shouldn't be long-term, but let's say higher salary caps. Then honestly, I would just keep Cheeto Chido at corner or go down the list of free agent corners because there are a lot of decent names that the Cowboys might be able to get on a decently affordable deal. You look at A.J. Boye, you look at Malcolm Butler, you look at J- uh, Janoris Jenkins, Robert Alford, Josh Norman, Brashad Breeland, William Jackson III, Mackenzie Alexander, Drake Kirkpatrick, maybe even Jason Verrett from the 49ers, or Desmond King, right? So, since corner is secondary, literally, to what to the other biggest needs on the Cowboys, I would honestly invest a little bit more in cheaper options at corner, and not so much at big name, big money for agents at corner, but I would, with that being said, again, I would invest in a big money defensive tackle because boy, the Cowboys need it. After being ranked well, they 31st against the run last year. They need help at defensive tackle. So in terms of DTs available, you got Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Jonathan Hankins, heck, even and Donakin Sue if he doesn't want it. If if you can prime, if you can prime out of Tampa. How much does Jarrell Casey have left in the tank? He had no sacks last year, but he had seven in 2018 and in uh I think five in twenty or sorry, five in twenty nineteen and seven in twenty eighteen, if I'm not mistaken, right? Maybe even reuniting with Malik Collins, because he worked well in, in uh in Rod Marinelli's on Rod Marinelli's defensive line and with Chris Richard's scheme. So maybe that means he will work well with Dan Quinn, right? Maybe Malik Collins could be an option. Even even Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy, though, would have to be plan E for me because I've also said this before that I I honestly would not mind bringing back Gerald McCoy, even with the knee issues, as long as bringing him back doesn't mean that the Cowboys use that as a reason to not go after a defensive tackle. So if they say, oh, we signed Gerald McCoy, we don't need any more defensive tackle, I would not be for that. But let's say if they sign Shelby Harris and Jonathan Hankins, not saying they'll be able to afford both, but let's say it's Dalvin Tomlinson and another three-tech or or Shelby Harris and a one-tech, right? And they decide to bring back um uh, Gerald McCoy on the cheap then I would be I would not hate that and just use just put that extra depth in the middle why not right so um I w- again just going back to these free agents though I would prioritize Dalvin Tomlinson as a one tech and Shelby Harris as a three tech maybe even double or triple dip at defensive tackle right or just honestly just go big money at three technique and flyer on a one technique or vice versa so Big, big money out of one technique and flyer to three technique. But I, I would say bet- bet relying on Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill after that ACL injury, especially ain't going to cut it this year. So, you know, prioritize those free agents at uh, defensive tackle and also look at the draft, of course. But I, 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 I don't want defensive tackle to be the reason why the Cowboys are going to be 31st against the run again in 2021. Has to be better. And the Cowboys also weren't like They've been gashed against the run against the, against the LA Rams in the divisional round game in 2018 against the Colts that year as well. And also, I want to say a couple of times in 2019, they were also gashed against the run. So hopefully this will be the year the Cowboys finally decide to value defensive tackle. Next, you got to look at safety. And again, the Cowboys don't historically value safety, but maybe they'll learn from that mistake. Maybe because they were bad at safety last year. Outside of Donovan Wilson, of course, because I think a lot of that had to do with scheme and coaching because Xavier Woods was a much better player between 2017 to 2019. But also the Cowboys had no depth in 2020 at safety and Rashard Robbins, uh Yeah, you had, I think, Rashard Robinson. Oh, he was playing corner a little bit more, but even Reggie Robinson couldn't see the field right And between Darian Thompson. And like, yeah, they just they, they had no depth at safety last year. Like they were bad. Honestly in free agency this year my favorite option is Keanu Neal because of his history with Dan Quinn in Atlanta they went to the Super Bowl in in 2016 where of course yeah they blew the 28 to 3 lead um, in, uh, in 2016, but also Keanu Neal was a pro bowler in 2017. The only issue with Keanu Neal though, is his health because he has only been, he was only available for four games between 2018 and 2019, but I would still, he would be my favorite. I would still say he is my favorite option to pair alongside Donovan Wilson at safety. Also Anthony Harris. I mean, the, the tough thing with Anthony Harris as a safety is he'll probably be the, the most expensive safety on the market but he would be a scheme fit given his history in in, uh, in Zimmers in Mike Zimmer's cover two. I mean, actually, I don't know if it would be a, a cover two or cover... I, I don't know if it would be as much of a scheme fit if uh, Dan Quinn and Joe Witt are going to run a cover three, but either way, Anthony Harris is still the probably the best safety available on the market, so he could be expensive. I could also get down for Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs, you know, g- given his experience winning the Super Bowl and going to the Super Bowl and how the Chiefs have been successful in the last couple of years. That could be good, but again, can't be too expensive if you're going to go with Daniel or hopefully it's not too expensive or hopefully you don't have to pay. Daniel's overpay. Daniel Sorensen. Um, other options, Carl Joseph or Andrew Sandejo, th- who are decent players on the Browns. Heck, even Malik Hooker, former first-round pick who did tear his Achilles last year, but if you're going to try to get cheap at safety, he might not be a bad option, but because you'd have to probably, if, if he's going to be a cheap option at safety, given how much the Cowboys need it, I would say Malik Hooker is not an ideal option because you don't want another ha-ha Clinton-Dick situation. And um, and finally, I would honestly also look at pass rush specialists because if you look at what Robert Quinn did for the Cowboys in 2019, or like I said, what Alden Smith did with the Cowboys last year, you, know, you don't have to break the bank or give up first or second round picks for this particular edge rusher because you already have Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. But you can still get a decent edge rusher to fulfill that Robert Quinn or or um, or Alden Smith role for decently affordable, I think, because there are a lot of good edge rushers on the market right now. You got Matt Judon, you got Shaq Barrett, Bud Dupree, Carlos Dunlap, Yannick Ngakwe, Olivier Vernon, Leonard Floyd. So obviously, edge rushers will always be in high demand in the NFL but there's also decent supply of red edge rushers this year on the free agent market. So that might be able to drive the price down, which means the Cowboys can maybe get one of these guys on a decent bargain deal and you can get a veteran um, and you can usually get veteran pass rushers for cheap in free agency and trade anyway, where their sole purpose is rushing the quarterback on third down. And that will honestly be important so that Randy Gregory and DeMarcus Lawrence can stay fresh. So, If one of those guys I just mentioned before would be too expensive, you know, like then you could also look at Melvin Ingram, who had yeah he had no sacks and barely saw the field in 2020, but he did have seven sacks in 2019. Maybe Justin Houston, maybe Ryan Kerrigan, maybe Jadavion Clowney. Clowney's more of a run stopper than a pass rusher, but and he's still a decent player as a third as a third string or fourth string edge rusher, or even Carl Lawson, who's just literally a sack specialist. From the Cincinnati Bengals, terrible against the run, but decent, but really, really good at getting sacks. So anyway, to sum up, we have defensive tackle and safety are priorities number one and one A, I guess you could say, where the Cowboys should invest in and spend money in on defensive tackle and safety for once, especially if Xavier Woods walks. And I would say, look, you can always get, you know, it doesn't have to be a four year deal, but you can get a, you know, one or two year deal. At a high cap hit doesn't necessarily hurt you too much either because the deal expires in a year or two, so you can manage that, right? And especially if Xavier Woods walks at safety, you gotta replace him at safety. Um, da- da- I would like I said Dalvin Tom- Tomlinson, the, excuse me, Dalvin Tomlinson, and an affordable three tech, or I would go Shelby Harris. I would pay Shel- Shelby Harris and look for an, a more affordable one technique and Keanu Neal at safety if Xavier Woods doesn't stick. And then cornerback is a close priority number two, if Cheeto Wuse and Jordan Lewis walk. But here again, you could be selective because there are a lot of good cornerbacks on the market. If Sherman or Patrick Peterson aren't who you're looking at, so you could look at Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Desmond King. Like I mentioned, is Desmond King is very underrated in my opinion. The fact that he got traded for a sixth round pick is a joke to the Titans and how he contributed for what he contributed to the Titans last year. Even Drake Drake Kirkpatrick and William Jackson the third would be decent options, but again at corner I wouldn't be looking to break the bank as much because you still you're looking to develop um, you're looking to develop Trayvon Diggs and you could also maybe draft Patrick Sertan at ten, so I wouldn't exactly break the bank at corner per se, but it still needs to be valued, so I'd still invest a decent amount but not too much at corner. And then, of course, backup edge rusher has to be priority number three. If Alden Smith walks, you can get a veteran, hopefully for cheaper, whose sole purpose is to sack the quarterback. And like I said, keep Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory fresh. But priority number four is replacing the offensive line or offensive backups if they walk. Once again, Blake Bell, Joe Looney, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is hmm, the the bottom line is you can't and you shouldn't go after all the free agents, like all of the free agents. I know I did mention a lot here, but you can't get all of them because but but you have to do your homework and sign at least one. or Yeah, you have to sign at least one impact free agent because that's something that the Cowboys haven't done in years really. Like who was the last free agent that Dallas has signed that made like a significant impact? Like sure, you could even honestly, you can say that Andy Dalton was the most impactful free agent that the Cowboys signed last year. Before that, Randall Cobb, maybe. I hate to say it, but before that, Greg Hardy in 2015. Rolando McLean, 2014. Justin Durant, 2013. Brandon Carr, 2012. Like, not many. And those, when I say impactful, like those were the most impactful free agents that the Cowboys signed. But they don't necessarily have to go to a Pro Bowl if you sign them, but they also can't be, you know, completely liabilities and coverage or not be able to block anyone or not be able to catch anything. You know what I mean? So, Cowboys... Try to get at least one of them. Of all the players the Cowboys will sign this year, just get one of them to be a true impact player, preferably on defense, and give yourself the flexibility going into the draft so you can draft the best player available instead of need. Because if Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater is there at 10, you draft them. Or even if they aren't there, and Sir and Patrick Sertan and uh, and Caleb Farley happen to not be there. Well, guess what? Or, or, or even if you can't trade down in that situation, guess what? You got to look at taking Kyle Pitts or Devontae Smith because you don't get to pick tenth overall very often. Which means that you better get that pick right when you do. So anyway, look, this was this was a lot of fun, honestly. Just uh, catching up on on all this uh, Cowboys talk here that I've been uh, missing the last couple of months. So. Uh, thank you so much for watching. I think I'll put this on uh, my on my Spotify podcast as well. As usual, if you enjoy my commentary, give me a big thumbs up and a subscribe as well to my channel here on Langer at the Mike and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can follow me follow me on Twitter at Mike Langer and on Instagram at Mike Langer. And this has been a Cowboys free agency preview here on Langer at the Mike. Thank you so much for watching and listening and I look forward to seeing you again next time.